Hi everyone, Boris here. Sorry for the quick interruption, but I have to tell you about some exciting new job openings that are added to the LogTechies job board. Have you heard of the LogTechies job board? LogTechies is the first hand-curated job board for the field of logistics technology. That's where I post the coolest LogTech jobs at those companies that I currently find the most interesting. Brand new to the board is Bex Technologies from Stuttgart, Germany. Bex is building a logistics platform for the construction industry that helps companies coordinate deliveries to construction sites. I've had CEO and co-founder Leonard Paul on the podcast before, and I know they're going places. Right now, they're hiring for a number of exciting roles, including a CFO, COO, and a head of logistics. Alaiko from Munich, Germany is another new addition to the LogTechies job board. Alaiko offers seamless e-commerce fulfillment for fast-rising online shops and e-commerce brands. The company raised $30 million in a Series A round earlier this year and is now on an ambitious growth trajectory. They are looking to fill a number of sales roles, for example, for junior as well as for seasoned professionals. You should definitely take a look at Alaiko's openings. Aside from Bex Technologies and Alaiko, you will also find exciting roles from TradeLink, Noise Technologies, FanRide, Sender and others. Please have a look and follow the board so you can stay updated on when new companies and jobs get added. You find the LogTechies job board at LogTechies.com. L-O-G-T-E-C-H-I-E-S.com. LogTechies.com. All right, and now let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Logistics Tribe. I'm Boris Felgendreer, founder of the Logistics Tribe, and today's episode is all about MQTT. MQTT is a messaging protocol for the Internet of Things, IoT. And if you work in logistics and supply chain management, you really need to get up to speed on this very important technology that is such a key enabler for connecting devices, vehicles, assets, sensors, and so on. I have to admit, I knew nothing about MQTT before this episode, but now I do. Because our guest, Dominic Obermeier, is a key expert in this field. He is the CTO and co-founder at HiveMQ, and also the co-author of the book, The Technical Foundations of IoT. I'm really glad that our host, Marco Prugelmeier, was able to get him onto the show today. This episode is short and sweet, just over 30 minutes, well worth your time. Enjoy. Hi, Dominic. Welcome to the Logistics Tribe. Hi, glad to be here. Today is a, a special episode about MQTT. And I bet that not much of our audience knows already what MQTT is. Um, it's actually called a message queuing telemetry transport. So transport and logistics is already in the name. Uh, but Dominic, maybe you can explain us a little bit more um, about MQTT and what is it about and what does it have to do with with uh, with logistics? Yeah, absolutely. So um, MQTT is, as the name suggests, it's a protocol for transporting data. And, and actually, it's a pretty old protocol. Um, it was invented in 1999, but it got massive traction for IoT use cases um, around 2010 until now. So for the last 10 years, it basically conquered the world without, uh, yeah, getting a lot of recognition by people. And similar to what HTTP is for the, the Internet of Humans, MQTT is for the Internet of Things. So basically MQTT was invented for one specific thing. This is transport data as efficiently as possible uh, between machines for uh, yeah, use cases that uh, nowadays are called IoT use cases. And it actually works over very unreliable channels. 
So MQTT comes from a, a background where we have things like Wi-Fi, mobile network, or even satellite connection, which means you really need to make sure that um, even in case of disruptions, you get a, a good data flow and data actually is sent. So, so yeah, and this is basically what MQTT is, is about. It's, it's about sending data. And it's this invisible glue that holds our current world together because, um, yeah, we have so many connected devices currently. We have billions of devices connected, which need to communicate with, with, with each other. And these kind of devices could be forklifts. This could be um, other systems inside a factory, but also it could be a car. It could be a street lamp or any smart city use case. And if you look, look at the world outside, a lot of the things which are smart today actually use MQTT under the hood. And what is so interesting that while MQTT was originally not invented for logistics use cases, it is also conquering logistics without people even recognizing mm. because it's used under the hood in so many use cases. And so I think this is pretty exciting. And I think people really need to know about that. All right. I think uh, coming back to the origins of MQTT, and you were telling me that it had something to do with, with oil pipelines or something like that. Is that true? Oh, oh yes, absolutely. So, so what is so interesting is that uh, in 1999, so this is in IT terms, this is ancient, ancient <laughs> times. <laughs> so, so in 1999, there were two, two gentlemen, uh, one called Arl Nipper um, and one gentleman called Andy Stanford Clark, and both were tasked with a specific problem. So they had um, a project with a Philips 66, and it was about oil pipeline monitoring. And for people who are familiar with SCADA systems, basically they, they did SCADA systems, so systems that, that supervise and act on, on data and on, on telemetry um, over, let's say, the internet. But the problem here is, of course, if you think of an oil pipeline, um, it covers a lot of land mm -hmm. and this land probably doesn't have a good connectivity even nowadays. And back then, of course, there was no mobile connectivity. Mm -hmm. And and so they needed to use satellite connection. And the thing they were tasked with is that satellite connection is extremely expensive to use. So if you want to send data, let's say from the oil pipeline to your control system, uh, then every byte counts. And basically it's thousands of dollars which uh, per year, which you save if you save a few uh, bytes of bandwidth. So it's really the, the base paradigm to be as efficient as possible. And so they invented a protocol based on publish subscribe principles and used um, the protocol and the communication stack that was already built in. And that this were already used also for internet connectivity. And this protocol, uh, which they called later MQTT, was invented for the project. And then it was basically buried for uh, until 2010, until IBM decided to make a royalty-free version of it, which basically means you won't get sued if you're implementing that. Mm -hmm. and, and then in 2010, a lot, of, a lot of interest around it was. Because what is so interesting, the, the problems people had in 1999 for connecting things are the same challenges people had in 2010 connecting things. And if you think about the connectivity challenges we have today, it's a lot of um, internet connectivity. It's about connecting things over the internet, unreliable networks, and it's also about data efficiency. So these are the extremely important things um, for 
basically corporate uses today because connectivity costs a lot of money and it's super critical to save money. And again, to go full circle, in 1999, the same problems, not a lot of bandwidth, unreliable connectivity, and and you need to save a lot of money. It's the same uh, which which we have today. So this is where MQB came from. So it had to do with oil pipelines and also going full circle. What is interesting here, while it started in 1999 with oil and gas, interestingly enough, today, a lot of oil and gas um, yeah, corporations use MQTT to connect their manufacturing sites, to connect all their logistics and basically make sure that everything is connected via MQTT. So it basically took MQTT um, 20 years plus or even um, or even longer to go this full circle and to be this mature protocol people use today. All right. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know about that. And uh, you just mentioned also one uh, specific method. It's it's called a publish and subscribe. Maybe you can. And I think that's that's something uh, uh, that is characteristic for MQTT, right? Maybe you can go into that a little bit. Yes. So one of the, the key things uh, MQTT thinks about is how to make data transfer as efficient as possible. And the most efficient data transfer is if you do not transfer data at all, if you do not need that. And so MQTT relies on an architecture principle. A lot of people in IT use for sending data around, which is publish, subscri subscribe. And this architecture principle describes um, that only data is sent to consumers if it needs to. That means you basically could subscribe to one channel, uh, one channel that you're interested in. Yeah, right, right. It's it's similar to to what actually subscribing is. So, for example, if you if you do a reverse example without technology now, mm -hmm. so let's assume you're interested in a specific magazine. So. Um, so you have usually two options. One option is you go to the shop every day and look if there's a new issue of the magazine. If yes, you're buying it. Otherwise, you go home without buying it. This is extremely inefficient. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you're going to a shop and most of the time you go home without buying anything. Um, an even better way is to just call the magazine issuer and say, hey, as soon as a new issue is there, please send it to me home. So I can read it and have it at the the best, uh, let's say, at the place where the data should be, so where the magazine should be, and I can read it in time when it's it's basically released when the data is fresh. Mm -hmm. And the same is also true for publish subscribe when you think about data. So you, for example, you have a forklift, and this forklift sends a GPS data um, to some other system. Then if it just stands around. It doesn't make a lot of sense to send a GPS data all the time to the system because the, the forklift doesn't move, right? And it would be much more efficient as soon as the data changes, you send it to the system who is basically interested in the data. So this is what people call report by exception. And this is what MQTT also implements because this report by exception means you only send the data when it's fresh, when you need it. And there's another principle MQTT uses here. And that second principle here is um, that you push data mm -hmm. because um, if you think about it, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense for the forklift to send data to the system who, ne who needs it directly. What you usually do is you want to have uh, a so-called broker 
a data broker, which is a data hub responsible for sending data where it needs to be. And so to make this example, what would happen is the forklift would move, would send GPS data to the data hub, to the broker. And this software would then decide who needs that because you could, could send it to the um, system, to the control system. But let's assume you also have a, a mobile phone app uh, for an operator who can see where the forklift is. So you could basically use the one data packet that the hub receives and send it to more than one of these um, systems. So you could send it to the um, control system as well as the mobile phone app or even to more systems. So this is what MQTT really is. It uses PubSub by decoupling all senders of data, which could be a forklift or even multiple forklifts, and decouples also the receivers of the data. And with the published subscribe architecture, this is extremely elegant. Mm -hmm. Okay, understood. Makes sense. And uh, what is also interesting, Dominic, is that you actually built a whole company around MQTT. Uh, tell us more about that uh, and about Hive MQ. Yes, absolutely. So I got in touch with MQTT pretty early. So uh, as I mentioned, in 2010, MQTT was released uh, to the public. And I had the, the pleasure to meet uh, one of the founders, Arl Nipper, back then in 2012. And so I was involved pretty early in the whole um, MQTT community and got to know the protocol better. And one thing which which we in the company, or before we even built a company, which we were thinking about is, okay, we have so many billions of devices which will be connected to the internet over the next few years. But there's clearly a technology missing for doing that. Because people back then wanted to do that with um, old school technology from, from the 90s or web technology. And so there was a technology missing for connecting all these devices. And then we decided to build a product around it, which is called HiveMQ, which is an MQTT broker. So one of the systems, one of the central data hubs I just mentioned before. And, and what we thought is, okay, what... What is needed to bring the MQTT technology to all these large companies like a, like a BMW, like a Volkswagen, like other big car manufacturers, as well as to logistics companies like Jung Heinrich or, or other companies. So what is needed to, to make it possible? Because it clearly solves an issue and it clearly helps reducing cost. It clearly helps reducing the cost of basically the implementation. It reduces the cost of the data transmission. And you also get uh, this kind of real-time communication functionality, which helps you build better products for your end customers, um, which, and also, by the way, um, makes it much easier and much faster to go to market because it's really simple and communication for IoT is basically a solved problem. And this was really the idea about, and this is with what we started, and this is how now we are doing doing pretty well. So we have customers worldwide deploying MQTT technology with HiveMQ. In, in which in which industries are they are they acting those customers? Or can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, yeah, sure. So we have, uh, for example, we're doing pretty well in automotive. So if you're driving a German car, you very likely are using HiveMQ technology. <laughs> so that's are, interesting. Um, so everybody basically in Germany that is driving a German car is already using MQTT, right? Um, very likely, mm -hmm. at, at least if you're driving a, a newer car, um, absolutely. But also internationally. So we have customers internationally here. 
for different use cases. For example, connected car is something we are doing pretty well, um, mm -hmm. but also for manufacturing and logistics. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, a lot of the, the critical business processes inside factories are digitized with MQTT and which uses also HiveMQ. Uh, why? Because we have some USPs on the market like high availability because critical systems must not go down. Mm -hmm. And this is something we provide as well as scalability in massive, massive throughput. So you can send a lot of data at the same time. Um, and enterprise security, because security is one of the key concerns. Uh, a lot of decision makers today are confronted when it comes to connecting their things. And this is also something we help with by providing plug and play solutions, which people can just deploy in their factories um, or, or somewhere else. And so this is where we're doing pretty well. Also, the whole um, industry 4.0 industrial IoT market is something we're doing a lot. So we're working with a lot of German companies, mm -hmm. but also internationally. And we have uh, like very large companies with uh, literally uh, almost 100 factories, which are connected with our technologies. And what we provide here is really so, so the, uh, let's say operators and the decision makers get all the data from all their factories they need almost in real time um, in their systems they need. So in the cloud mm -hmm. or even on the mobile apps or, or wherever. And this is something, um, yeah, this is actually a game changer mm -hmm. um, for make companies. And this is also where we're doing pretty well, as well as logistics, as well as smart city. So for example, um, a reference customers of ours is uh, Stadtwerke München for the people mm -hmm. here in Germany. This is the, um, this is the, the city of Munich. And basically their, the whole transportation here is digitized with, with our technologies. So, so if people want to learn more, we have also case studies online on our website, hyphenq.com. Mm -hmm. Great. And you are based in Landshut, right? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> It's a beautiful Bavarian city um, outside Munich, uh, near the, the Munich airport, which, which is, um, yeah, basically um, not the technology center of the world, but uh, yeah, we are doing pretty well here. And, but we have colleagues all over the world. So from, from Canada to to other countries so so yeah we we while we are local here and a lot of people working outside germany uh we have uh, employees worldwide yeah i think that's a great story dominic because um yeah mqtt will get yeah so much more uh, uh popular i think um if if all the connected devices get get more and more um and it's it's all driven here out of of Landshut. And I think also uh, you told me that you were one of the first one or the, the, the only participant in the, uh, from Germany uh, in the standardization board or uh, what's the story behind that? Yes, yeah, so, so something I haven't told yet is while in 2010, the MQDT protocol was basically published royalty-free, mm -hmm. um, still this is not, not yet, it wasn't a standard because there was so much interest from the industry A lot of companies like IBM, like Cisco and others, and also including us as the, the only German participants, uh, thought, okay, we need to standardize this. So we brought this to, to OASIS, which is a standardization committee, which also standardized techno different uh, technologies um, in, in the IT space to make it a proper full standard. So I was one of the 
the um, German people um, working on this. So while nowadays um, there are more people here, I was one of the first German and I believe even the only German uh, person back then. Uh, which was interesting because even back then we brought in the use cases and the stories from our customers we already had. So, for example, um, ShareNow, which is also reference customers of ours, um, also were pretty early adopters. And, and so we could bring back the real world experience to the specification committee and make sure that the technology actually yeah, has a fit in the real world and is grounded here. And 2018 with MQTT5, which is the newest version, um, a lot of companies also like Microsoft joined, and, but here also are other um, German folks involved. But you, but it's pretty much a standard driven by large companies. Mm -hmm. And we are one of the niche players here, or, or one of the smaller companies actually to say, um, standardizing on that. And this is so important because we are here, we see us as the, the voice of the customer because technology needs to be grounded in the real world. And I personally dislike um, standards and communication protocols, which are invented by people in their ivory tower mm. and then basically released to the public. Um, I, I am a bit more pragmatic here. On the pragmatic side, I do believe standards need to come from the users, from the, from the adoption directly. And then this needs to to be to be brought back to mm. standardization yeah you need the direct feedback of of the the uh, installations that are out there and and the problems also yeah right right and uh, frankly this is also what we see today is that there are many um, communication protocols based on mqdt which are a bit more higher level because mqdt is really a more of a generic technology used for a lot of different industries and we see industry specific protocols emerging so, for example, VDA 5050, which is more mm -hmm. for, which is built for HEVs, but also other technologies for smart cities, um, things like MQTT spark plug built for SCADA systems and manufacturing. And so a lot of these standards are emerging based on the standard technology. And, and this is, a, this is really great. I'm super excited about this. And this is something I believe in a, in a few years we see a lot of mainstream adoption of that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I thought it's so interesting also for our logistics audience, because it, it may seem quite technical, but it's actually very important for all the logistics robots on the shop floor uh, that are coming now. And the VDA 5050 that you already mentioned is actually the standard using MQTT as a, as, yeah, a base technology for the standard. Uh, and the uh, uh, JSON files as a uh, uh, description method, yeah. And uh, so MQTT will get more and more important also in the logistics sector, and that's why it, yes, it seems to be also interesting for us as as logistics guys, right? No, absolutely, and and I think even more is here to come because in the end, even especially also in logistics. There is a lot of value to capture um, by connecting things and connecting assets. So, and still, a lot of the technologies used today in logistics, um, for example, also um, for not only on the HEVs. This is something, of course, that is super important. But also, if you look at the the um, whole space of logistics, there is a lot of let's say moving devices. Mm -hmm. You have a, there are a lot of assets you need to monitor. Mm -hmm. You need to make real time decisions. And this is exactly what MQTT was built for. And this is something I expect that a lot of adoption of the MQTT technology will happen in the next few years. And this will probably get the industry standard 
for a lot of the, the use cases we have in logistics today. And also for all the, the tracking sensors that we are using in MQT, uh, in, in the logistics, uh, MQTT plays a role. And even for the new network that is being launched right now for the a narrowband IoT network. Um, I think that's also using MQTT. Yes, yes, you, you can use this. And there is a lot of development right here. For example, you mentioned M NB IoT. So for, for narrowband IoT, where you have a lot of, uh, where you don't have a lot of bandwidth, but you have a lot of latency, mm -hmm. which means things are extremely slow. You don't get a lot of data through. You need this kind of lightweight technologies. And there is even, and this is more, more future looking here, uh, what we're currently standardizing at Oasis is a technology called MQTT SN, which is MQT for sensor networks, which is built for local sensor networks, which are also is very interesting for logistics use cases mm -hmm. because very often you have these this mesh networks deployed inside um, inside factories, or you have also deployed this inside uh, the transportation um, uh, modules and and vehicles, and then you also have this cloud connectivity. Um, which you can do with MQT for sensor networks also over NBIoT, for example. So you can even use that in very remote areas where you don't have any kind of mobile connectivity. And this is very useful. So, so we mentioned that we came from a city called Lansud. It's a very rural area. So there are definitely, if you're driving around, there are spots where you do not have yeah. any mobile connectivity at all. So this is where you need NBIoT, for example, because NBIoT is something you actually have. And so it's a super interesting space. Um, a lot of developments are, are here, but also here MQDT for sensor networks will play a major role uh, in the next few years for that. Mm -hmm. Maybe one last uh, technical question, Dominic. Uh, how could I imagine that if I want to set up my in, in, in my logistics or, or my my assembly plant or whatever where when i want to set up some sensors and use your mqtt broker um as a, a yeah as a middleware to the internet and to the cloud um mm. and the, the broker itself is already in the cloud so tell us how mm. how fast is it to set up something like that is that a process of several months or is this a really quick process Just to give us an idea. No, this is an extremely quick process. So actually, most most customers are amazed how easy it is to set up because people are used to very complex heavyweight technologies. So, for example, in manufacturing space, more like OPC UA, you find a lot. You're talking about months to even get something set up. With MQT technologies, it's um, most companies have success in at least a week, and we've seen companies doing it in, in one day, and startups even small, even even faster. So, because you really don't need a lot of things, you need a broker inside the factory, which is pretty easy to set up. It's basically download and install. And, and then you have, need some sensors, which are MQT enabled, which many of them on the market are already. So, especially if you're in like in a factory, if you're using like a PLC from, from any um, modern vendor, then you usually have MQT support already built in. So, so this is easy. And even if you do not have MQT built in, there are gateways, there are converters, modules um, off the shelf available that convert to MQTT automatically. Mm -hmm. uh, you need a broker in the factory, send data here. And from there, you can send the data to the cloud, uh, which is called technically bridging. You bridge the data to the cloud. Mm -hmm. And for people wondering, how do I get a broker in the cloud? Uh, it's easy. There are vendors available. You can host it yourself. 
or you can just go to something like HiveMQ Cloud, which is free for 100 devices. Um, no credit card required, nothing. You just get your own instance. You can connect up to basically 100 factories um, at the same time without any cost. And you basically just pay the data volume. So it's extremely easy. And I would say, and I would even challenge companies uh, that any companies should be able to have a proof of concept in under two weeks. And I would say even in under a week. Okay, great. I mean, sounds amazing. Um, where, where do you see the future of Internet of Things and, and all the connectivity? Maybe if we take a, a horizon uh, until 2030 right now, where will we go? So uh, I think the future is extremely exciting. So what we see today is, is one of the major things that will drive humanity forward. So... While so the steam engine was one of the most important things ever invented, and now people argue that the internet might be even more important, or at least as important. And what's happen happening now? The Internet of Things. So basically, not only connecting humans, but connecting everything, which will change the lives of every human on Earth dramatically to the positive. And so this is so. So we are now on a, on a tipping point to something extremely great. Nowadays, we have approximately 4 billion people connected to the internet. And a lot of studies say that by people, 2030, people things. 4 billion people. People, okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. And by the end of, of 2030, um, we will probably have most of humanity connected to the internet, which is a major achievement. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're on an exponential curve here. But if you look at the internet of things, as, as I speak today, we have 40 billion so 10 times people on earth Ooh. connected to the internet already right now Al already right now and if you look at at analysts like for example idc would and they predict in, until 2025 we have 70 billion um, devices connected to the internet which means we are on a rapid growth this is something like something we haven't seen before and if the acceleration continues we will basically by 2000 whatever 40 or 50, we will have connected almost everything. And this is exciting. Um, on the one side, we will also need to have a lot of regulations. But I do truly believe that the technology that is built today will drive humanity forward and also make the life of a lot of people much easier, much better. And so, yeah, this is great. I'm really looking forward to the future. And what would your uh, guess be for the amount of devices connected with MQTT or using MQTT uh, just as a percentage is this 50% of that will be connected with MQTT or is it more or less I, I think in the future it will be even more so if you look at different studies for example the Eclipse Foundation did a study um, uh, with uh, developers and IoT projects and there uh, approximately 50% of all connectivity was already done with MQTT and this is growing every year so, so we have web technology still, but also IoT technology like MQTT. And I, I would say at least 50% of all connectivity will mm -hmm. be done with MQTT over the next few years. Um, actually, I, this would be the lower end. I would say even that, that 75% of all connectivity in the future, at least to the cloud and back, will be done over MQTT. Um, and actually without most people even knowing. So I think this is the exciting part. 
Interesting, Dominic. Um, so where could people go if they would like to uh, uh, learn more about MQTT? I saw that you actually have a, a YouTube channel about that and, and where you can get and uh, get the first uh, impression of it and, and learn the first steps. Um, what else yeah, can right. they do? Right. So if people want to connect with me personally, I am on LinkedIn and I am also on Twitter. So um, so you can Google me or um, look at look at one of the links we can provide. Um, so my name is Dominic Obermeier, and I'm with the company HiveMQ. And if you go to the HiveMQ blog, which is on HiveMQ.com, you will find a lot of material around MQDT. You will find a 10-part blog post series, which we call MQDT Essentials, where all people um, can learn from the basics to basically professional use, everything in one hour. And we also have a YouTube series here, which you mentioned, uh, which you can also Google, um, MQDT Essentials, and YouTube will, will give you the videos. Um, and we have a lot of educational material here because it's so critical to, to share the information. And this is something we are uh, yeah, doing a lot here at HiveMQ. And I personally really also enjoy evangelizing on that and talking about this. Well, Dominic, that was very interesting. Uh, and I see there is a lot more to come with MQTT. So it's good that we had this talk today. Uh, and uh, I thank you very much for joining the Logistics Tribe. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was the Logistics Tribe podcast episode about MQTT. I hope you're a little bit more knowledgeable about this topic now. If you like today's show, check out some of the other episodes we publish around IoT-related topics. Um, there are actually quite a few of them now in our library there. And don't forget to subscribe to the Logistics Tribe podcast so you don't miss any of the future episodes. I'm Boris Felgendreher. Until next time. <laughs>